0: Welcome to Astro Detectives, everyone. This episode is a little bit different. This is Retraced, where we visit the previous five episodes and bring back some of the memories that we've had along this little journey. Um, there have been some ups and some downs, uh, some right guesses uh, by Sarah, some wrong ones. Uh, we're going to spend a little time talking about the right ones, a little more time for Sarah to address um some of the ones she missed and correct the record. Um, that's what this is. Uh, Sarah, how are you feeling at this point, Five episodes in.
1: Uh, you know, to be honest with you, Scott, I, I'm feeling all the feels. I'm feeling devastated, <laughs> disappointed. Um, I'm a little irritated today for just because I'm having my Mars return, which happens every two years, and it can make someone agitated. So for no particular reason, I'm just trying to um not get myself feeling irritated about nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I should
0: mention the the record right now after five episodes is two correct. And three incorrect, which I know at this point you were hoping to be above 50-50 and closer to eighty percent.
1: Um, I was actually hoping to be a hundred percent accurate because, <laughs> um, you know, I am a Virgo, and that is important to me to be right all the time. So, it's, yeah, this is definitely a humbling moment, and I'm I've had a lot of time to. Th- reflect back and think about this and um yeah i i hate making mistakes but i ha- always have to remind myself like that is such a important part of the learning process and i have learned so much from this show like honestly doing these five episodes like have been incredibly helpful to my education cuz it's allowing me to apply what i've learned and um I, I love this experiment so much, even though, you know, it has not really turned out the way I thought it would yet, but, um, but yeah. So, and I just, I, I, the first thing that they teach you in school when you're studying astrology is you have to, when you start reading charts, you just have to get comfortable with being wrong because that's the only way to get better. And you're just going to be wrong a lot in the beginning. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting that on display for everyone to watch me fall on my face.
0: (laughs) And of course, and I've mentioned this before that being wrong a lot with astrology is in this case, I think is just the natural way that things will go. Whether you have the most experienced astrologer or the least experienced, whether it's a coin flipper or it's, like someone teaching classes. But that is why we're doing the episodes. That's why we're putting things to the test. And we love it when our uh, when our listeners chime in and uh, let us know what they were thinking about at astrodetectives at gmail.com. Um, what kind of questions they were asking throughout the episodes. Uh, we might incorporate some of those comments and questions in the next retraced episodes. We'll get to that at the end. Um, Sarah, do you want to just like jump right into the first one?
1: Well, I let me talk through a couple of things first. I just want to, um, I kind of mentioned, I guess, about um how I feel about making mistakes. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I, I feel like doing this retraced episode is really important because, you know I um, I guess just like I feel like it's important to my credibility as an astrologer and I just feel like I owe it to astrology (laughs) and the astrology community to go back and correct what I got wrong and not just like picking the wrong chart but there I've listened back to the episodes and let me tell you I did not want to do that it's really painful to go back and listen to yourself but also listen to yourself be wrong Um, I actually like had to pause it like right before I say which chart it is because I just couldn't live through that again. But uh, but I needed to go back through all the episodes and kind of relearn from them and see, um, okay, wait, why did this chart work and why did I miss it? And um, you know, so I feel and I have to say, like listening to them back. I know how this is going to sound to you Scott, but like listening back to these, it, it's so painfully obvious that I, you know, which chart really is their chart. Um, When I have time to like actually sit down without pressure on me and like, listen to what they're saying, because when we're doing these episodes, a couple of things are happening. I'm doing a lot of multitasking. I'm like looking at both charts. I'm asking the questions and I'm trying to listen to their answers. And I do find that there are times where, uh, I cannot fully listen to them because I'm having to look at the charts too. So there are things that I miss sometimes. And when I go back and re-listen, I'm like, Oh, I totally missed that. And, um, I also just get like overwhelmed with information sometimes that I just kind of like totally feel like I'm suddenly upside down swimming in (laughs) charts and information and data. And so, uh, it's definitely, you know, uh, I think kind of like when you're watching football, it's easy to on the couch to be like, oh, I can't believe they missed it. <laughs> but when you're actually doing it, it, it can be really tough. And also what we've been doing here, asking these questions and trying to like figure out which one is their chart. That's not really how astrology is meant to work. So it, like I'm doing, this is very different than actually giving an astrology reading. So it's, it's definitely been a learning curve for me and I get, I just have to like give myself some grace for that and appreciate, uh, that this is very different and, um, you know, and, and another thing is like listening back to some of the delineations I gave and a delineation just means it's like your interpretation of the chart, um, you know, some of those that I gave right from the get-go were not necessarily very well thought out or very uh like I would I would change them now, knowing what I know now, obviously, but like I, I don't think that they were uh as good as they could have been. And so yeah, they're just uh yeah, a real learning experience is how I would sum all that up.
0: Well, and maybe that speaks to one of the format changes that we've talked about incorporating, which is instead of making it an interview, <clears throat> which is very different from what an actual astrology reading would be like, you approach the guest with too many readings, one of them with the wrong chart, one of them with the right chart. And one of them should feel more right to you and the guest, I think. Um, yeah. And rather than then collecting an answer to a bunch of personal questions and try to check boxes off of either chart while you're doing that, you can focus a hundred percent on one chart as you're reading it with someone and then focus a hundred percent of your attention to the next chart while you're reading it with them. And that should be interesting for listeners to check out for the next few episodes, maybe going forward. Um, how do you think that that will change your, um, I don't know, ability to to compare them and uh, just how does that change affect what you want to do?
1: I think um, I really liked when you posed that idea. I think actually that will be a really interesting way to change things up. And I'm hoping that that will um, definitely uh, help me get a better outcome and be a little more accurate. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's gonna be less multitasking and I'm gonna be able to pay more attention to what they're saying and only really looking at one chart at a time. So um, yeah, I think that's gonna help a lot.
0: That's great. And it doesn't in any way sacrifice the experiment. Um, you still don't know which chart is which. And the guest, of course, knows that one of these readings is from the wrong chart, so they won't be too attached to the suggestions or some of the personality traits that you kind of assign them. Um, But you'll be asking a lot of questions during a reading anyways. You said a good astrologer is going to ask questions while they're delivering information.
1: Yeah, I think that... um can be a misconception about astrology is that people think astrologers are going to give them a reading like a psychic would or like or or just basically talk at them and tell them a bunch of things but really the way an astrology reading i think should be done is like questions and answers and like working with the client to put the chart into con- the context of their life and and um you know, what can we get out of the, what kind of practical knowledge and information can we get out of this to apply to your life?
0: And um, anything else on the overall format? I mean, before we move on to episode one.
1: Well, how are you feeling about um, like what we're doing here, the show and this experiment?
0: Um, I would say that so far, the outcome has been kind of whatever expected it would be. Um, it's been hovering around 50, 50, kind of the whole time we missed, or we missed the first one, then got the next two, right. Then got the next two wrong. I assume we're going to be back here. Episode 10 <clears throat> with about a five and five ish record. It's very interesting to hear how many more details and houses and this planet being over here makes this much of a different, it is so complicated to me um, that that that's been a learning experience in and of itself. I have a respect for just being able to learn all of this information.
1: Okay. And- I really appreciate that. You just said that, like that, <laughs> that really means a lot to me because like, I don't think I can in- Press upon anyone enough, like how much information and how much is going on in a chart. It's it is not just your sun. <laughs> you know, there are houses, there's angles, there's degrees. I mean, and and that's just natal astrology. I mean, there is um solar returns and zodiacal releasing and like all these other things. And I'm, you know. I just finished up the year-long class in astrology I took, but I really um, still need to kind of actually complete it on my own because I was only able to kind of, I'm still kind of like trying to master the natal astrology section of it. Like I just can't move on to something else until I really feel like I have a solid foundation. And so... Uh, yeah, it is, it's a huge, I like to relate it to like the medical field, just in that there's so much information to study and that as an astrologer, you end up having to pick a lane, (laughs) you know, and, and just kind of like study that and master that one discipline of astrology. And you have to study this stuff for, I mean, not just study, but like practice it, uh, for years till you get really proficient in it. And I'm, you know, I've been studying it about two years now. And I tell you, like, I know so much more than I did two years ago. And it still feels like I'm just scratching the surface. (laughs) So, but anyway, I do appreciate that acknowledgement that it is at least a lot to look at.
0: And it I mean, and I've said this from the beginning, the it is a very it's very complex in the way that it describes human behavior in so many different aspects. So if you ask somebody to describe the field of psychology to you, that would be kind of difficult. And like you said, you probably are going to pick a lane and say, "I don't know, do you want to talk about childhood psychology? you yeah. know. Um, Do you want to talk about trauma? Do you want to talk about addiction? Like there's so many different little things going on. And I may not believe that astrology is accurate in that it's using the stars to point at certain personality traits and certain people. But still, it's talking about certain personality traits that are in people. And it's been really fun to talk about those with our guests. whether i think they're dictated by the stars or not the <laughs> fact that people do have all of these traits in them is true and so <clears throat> so it's hard to throw all of it out because yeah. <laughs> it is describing people and a lot of behaviors that people have and that's why people i think relate to it when they get their chart read
1: yeah yeah um,
0: absolutely yeah like when okay. you read my when you read my chart i'm like yeah oh totally like that's me but if you were to if, if you were to read a different chart, I I feel like I would say, yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> well, maybe we should try that sometime. Yeah, yeah, I'll, <laughs>
0: I'll volunteer for one of the future episodes. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's jump right into it. Episode right. one, we welcomed my high school friend Carl to be the guinea pig, our first guest. Um,
1: yes, Carl, good old Carl. I was just re-listening to that episode the other day. <laughs> Go figure. Um, and that, you know, honestly, I, I love Carl. That was a really fun episode. And it was really fun listening to his answers, now knowing his correct chart and thinking, wow, he is, you know, like, what's funny is like, even though I'm like, had been getting it wrong, I'm still so like jazzed because i I'm like, wow, the astrology is, you know, like every time someone matches their chart, I'm like, wow, it's so real. It's so exciting. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And the thing with Carl is I he's like our one guest so far that I actually knew. And I did know his sun sign because you and I went to his wedding last year and it does not take me very long after meeting someone before I'm like trying to get their birthday and <laughs> look up their astrology chart, but I didn't have I um, I didn't have a time for his chart. So, uh, but anyway, so you ended up having to give me two charts with Libra suns. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but those, those charts were different in a lot of ways because, you know, so Carl is a Scorpio rising and the other chart was a Taurus rising. And what's interesting about that is Taurus and Scorpio share something in common. They're on a polarity. They're exactly 180 degrees opposite each other. And so they share like a special uh, connection or kind of opposite polar opposites from each other. So um. Yeah, that, that was something that was interesting about those two charts. Like you, you just happen to, like you don't know what random chart you're generating, but it's always interesting to me to see what you come up with. And sometimes you don't realize the co- things that they have in common or how interesting it is that you picked those two charts. But anyway, so- um,
0: I am always curious when I get a random chart and I look at it, and it's got like a bunch of the little planets over here, or the squiggly lines aren't very evenly distributed, or, well, they're not squiggly, they're straight lines, but the bunch of straight lines between things, and I'm thinking is she going to know? Cause this one looks very different. This, I don't know. Is this, does this one look suspicious? Usually I just take a look at it. I'm like, does this look suspicious? But then I have <laughs> to remind myself that the whole point of it is it has to be like randomized. So I can't like create a chart, look at it and think, think it looks fishy and then do yeah. another one. Um,
1: yeah. Well, what was interesting about him. Okay. So his, he's a Scorpio rising and that means that his first house is Scorpio. And the first house in whole sign astrology is very much you in your chart, and it describes you as a person. And then the rest of the chart is describing kind of like you, different areas of your life. But that first, that's why I look so much at the first house and ask them a lot of questions about that kind of are related to that because I'm really trying to get at who they are and see if it shows up in that first house. And then 180, wait, 180? Yeah, 180 degrees opposite is gonna be the seventh house, which is um, opposite you in the chart. And it's called the descendant, the seventh house. It has to do with uh, your marriage and partnerships and one-on-one partnerships. And so- um, that's why that age old saying of opposites attract, you know, it's like the seventh house is showing the type of person that you're going to marry. And it's usually kind of like opposite from you in, in a way. So um, it was funny that you gave me, it was almost like you gave me the flipped chart. Cause the other one was a Taurus rising with Scorpio on the seventh house. So that's why in the beginning of the episode, I said, these two might be attracted to each other. <laughs> um. So. Uh, so,
0: what, so, yeah. What were some of the things that maybe you, you nailed with that one that you, well, <clears throat> I'm going to say that you got right. What were some of the things that were right that matched Carl, but you led you to the wrong chart? Uh.
2: Well,
1: Yeah, I think okay. Here's here's the misconception that I had going into this is that a Scorpio rising with Mars and Uranus in the first house—that's Carl's chart. I thought uh, I was looking at that, and I was thinking that person is going to be really intense, and they might be kind of assertive and aggressive. And I was I was kind of just maybe thinking like a worst case scenario um of that energy that is not how that energy shows up apparently (laughs) um because you know so mars is like a planet of like a it is a planet of like action and willpower but also aggression but it's at home in scorpio so it's going to be functioning quite well and it's not necessarily going to be very combative and aggressive and you know, people who have Scorpio and Mars anyway, they're not really like gonna be this blow-up energy. They're more gonna have a tendency to hold back their anger and suppress it, which is what he ended up describing, especially when he was talking about his ex- marriage with his ex-wife. He said it was so frustrating and that he would bury that frustration down. And um, so anyway, I guess I wasn't, I just wasn't understanding how that you know i just saw that like okay i've got one chart with scorpio rising and like you know mars and uranus in the first house that is very different than someone who is just a taurus rising i think it had chiron in the first house but you know not taurus is ruled by venus so that's a very venusian person and venus is all about harmony and uniting and bringing together Whereas Scorpio is a Mars ruled sign and it's more about like action and like Mars is more about like separation, not always, but like that's one of its things, you know, that's how Mars and Venus are opposite. And another way to think of it is Mars rules, you know, is said to rule men, whereas Venus is said to rule women. So they're definitely opposite signs. Um... So, I guess I was, yeah, I was just thinking, like, oh, this, this, if this Scorpio rising person shows up, this is going to be like really stand out. <laughs> um, but that's not how Scorpio operates. They don't want to stand out. They want to like hang back and kind of like watch you <laughs> and kind of be like, um, you know, they're going to have their guard up, which I actually, if you listen um, to me give the two descriptions before Carl comes on, I think this would be really interesting to play back if we can get this audio. This person, um, they seem like someone who um, can show up and be very mysterious, very guarded. Maybe if you just met them Just them walking around, you know, meet them in the airport or, you know, walk into a room. They're going to be more guarded and more very observing the uh, what's going on and everybody in the room and what's happening. And is it safe for them to let their guard down? But I describe that Scorpio rising chart as someone who's going to really have their guard up and who's going to go into a room not being like super extroverted right away. Um, They're going to be a little more mysterious and just like kind of looking around knowing is it safe for me to let my guard down. And then Carl literally says, when I go in the room, I stand back and get a read of the room. Then I pick out the ones that are easiest to strike up a conversation with. And then I make my strike.
2: I like to talk to people, get to know people. I guess you just kind of go into it, stand back a little bit, kind of get a read of the room. And then you can usually pick out the ones that are easy to talk to. And uh, I think that helps me pick out the ones that would be easiest to strike up a conversation with, whether it be a hat that they're wearing or a shirt or, you know, sports or just Kind of go, like I said, just go in and scan the room, see what's going on, and then make my strike.
1: Which is, strike is a Mars word, so I just, and just, it's so painful, like, listening to all that back and and knowing that I picked the wrong chart. I just feel like he could, I feel like he could not have made this any more easier for me, (laughs) and I still somehow messed it up (laughs) um so so how how did that sound did i did i lace too many astrological words in there did you know what i was saying when i well i'm gonna
0: i think we're ready for a weedsy episode where it's going to be a lot of astrological terms and (laughs) i kind of understood what you're saying um I also don't want to get in the middle of it too much. If if there are astrologers listening and thinking like, oh, yeah, totally. No, what she's saying, yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> or they're disagreeing with you, you know, let yes. us know. <laughs> um, um, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it sounds like, well, I know after that interview, you were saying, wait, oh, this answer, he he said this, but it was really, this was the case, you know, like he wasn't revealing
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: His answer. And then for, I guess, today for us to hear that, like, well, he was, it was just, it was a different, different than what you were expecting the revealing to be.
1: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I just, I wasn't, again, like I hadn't encountered a chart like that. So I was like, really, you know, say Mars and Uranus were in someone's first house in a different sign, you know, because the sign is really important too. Um, a different sign with those pair of planets, that person might show up very aggressive. Let's say like maybe in, uh, I don't know, like a fire sign, like Leo or something like that, <laughs> you know? Um, so I just, there's so much that I have to remember. I, you can't just look at the planet. You can't just look at the sign. You also have to look at like, is, was this person born at day or night? You know, because like that actually informs what planets are going to be more challenging. Um, you know, are they going to relate to their sun or moon more? I mean, it's just changes everything. And um, and that's just scratching the surface. So, um, so I guess the way I kind of wrote out some bullet points that I wanted to mention, I guess the way I wanted to talk through this is kind of explain why his chart really does work and like all of the things that he said to actually support it that I now realize, um, you know, he, so in his chart, he has that Mars in the first house and Mars is action, willpower, strength, passion. It could be some aggression and fighting. And, um, the things that he said is that he played a lot of sports growing up and that he loves sports and that is a very Mars world type of thing. You know, it's action, it's using your strength and you know, all those kind of um sports, uh sportsmanship.
0: Um I don't know if you f- played it just he may have played some sports before I got to high school, but Carl has had retired, I think, by the sophomore year in high school from, yes. uh, from well, his sporting days.
1: And the the first house is describing – it is describing your personality, but it is also giving a description of your childhood. And so um, he did explain that, like, growing up, he played a lot of sports Um, and that he still loves – I think he just probably watches them now. Um, uh, He also said that he – enjoys getting on some people's nerves, pushing their buttons. It's fun sometimes.
2: (laughs) Right, and a lot of it also depends on who the person is because there are a few people that I like to just aggravate and just try to get on their nerves and just (laughs) make them mad. It's fun sometimes.
1: That is a, a Mars in the first house um in scorpio trait that is when you look at his the taurus rising chart that is not something that you would see in that chart you know um so that should have been like a huge clue for me (laughs) um he also said that he I, i couldn't find where he said this but i do remember him saying that he was a lot to handle growing up even though he had like a a good childhood according to him like things were like he he really enjoyed um you know, his grandparents were very nice and um, they were the ones that ended up taking care of him. Um, I'll talk about his parents in a minute, but um, I just wanted to point out that, uh, you know, that that Uranus energy too is really unpredictable. Um, and so I thought that kind of like uh, spoke to that. And then he also said that he has high blood pressure. Um, so a lot of times when the first house also represents like, cause it's representing you in the chart. So it also represents your body and what's going on there. And so you can also sometimes find a lot of health issues showing up in that first house. So high blood pressure is definitely like a Mars type thing. And when he was saying that he had to suppress so much frustration with his ex-wife that built up over like 10, 15 years, Um, that would definitely lead to high blood pressure. (laughs) Um, See, now you're
0: just speaking as a health professional, though. (laughs) Like, I I can see where this high blood pressure could be related to the stressful marriage that you were in.
1: Well, I don't think I'm speaking as a health professional. Like, I'm not going to, like say that astrology is going to take the place of doctors or anything like that. I don't, I, I think you still need to consult a medical professional. Um, but you, um, you can s- often see those health issues showing up there. Like that is literally an expression of how I'm just, I'm just saying, like, i I've, pairing up the clues with the right chart and I'm just laying it out for everybody. I feel like I need to do this, I guess, because I just feel like so dumb for like, not having saw this and it it's honestly like so embarrassing to me to have like other astrologers listen to it and be like I can't believe she got it wrong. And maybe that's just playing out in my head, but, like, that's how I feel about it. Well,
0: if they're saying that, we're going to invite them on the show to show how much better they can do.
1: Oh, yes. Let's do that. <laughs> um. So, okay. Uh. He also. So you even said to him in the interview that he was giving a lot of short kind of cryptic answers. and you were having to, he would like give like one or two word answers and not really explain. And you were having to like ask him, can you elaborate on that? And he said that he was working on being a better communicator, you know, which is definitely Scorpio rising, being very guarded. And then Mercury, how we communicate is in his 12th house, which when we have planets in the 12th house, it, that energy can be harder to utilize because it's a hidden place. So um, yeah, there that should have been a telltale sign to me. Um, I think the other chart had Mercury in Scorpio. So you could also maybe expect that person to be a little cryptic with their answers and not wanting to divulge a lot of information either. So that, you know, is kind of, that happens a lot. You know, when I'm looking at these charts, I might see the same in like the same kind of energy show up in both charts, but in a kind of a different way. And I know what you're going to say about that. (laughs)
0: you can always find the traits you're looking for if you dig deep enough into the chart that's so when we make when we make um clothing and some some swag for the show uh, the skeptic shirt is going to have a quote like
1: that we'll see how many of we sell of those (laughs) (laughs) how many skeptics are going to want to uh, probably. How, many,
0: how many skeptics, first of all, are listening to an astrology podcast?
1: <laughs> yeah. But That's I would think question.
0: they would be interested in this format for an astrology podcast. So maybe they're I, out there.
1: Honestly, I hope they would. I hope everybody yeah. mm-hmm. every, from all walks of life wants to listen to this, you know, all and right. I appreciate all the listeners that we have gained so far. Um, and yeah, so... Uh All right. you feel good about Carl? Ju- uh, oh. Let me just like one or two other things.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> he also said that he had a huge interest in music. Um, and in his in his chart, he has Pisces, which is like one of the biggest signs related to music. Um, yeah, a lot of musicians have a lot of Pisces energy. Um he had that on his fifth house, which rules hobbies and, you know, like things that you spend your time doing and pleasure and all that kind of stuff. So, um, that really made sense. Whereas in the other chart, that chart had like Virgo on the fifth house, which would have been totally not Carl. Like it it was that person might be more, um, I always said like they would want to maybe really plan out their fun and have more structured creativity and using their hands a lot for like crafts. And, um, they might be more of a perfectionist when it comes to raising their children. Cause that house has to do with children as well. And I just, like, I kind of know Carl a little bit and I, I didn't see that's not really him. Um, And uh, he just seems like someone who would be a lot more self-sacrificing for his children, which is a a Pisces trait on the fifth house. So, yeah, I I just I'm bummed that I missed this one because I feel like I feel like this was not a hard one to miss. And I somehow just got it in my head that um, that maybe I had seen his chart before and. Um, Oh, yeah, I was going to mention about his parents, too. I'm sorry. I know we need to move on, but like I I felt like this was one of the biggest, most important things. Um, He said that his dad, uh, he never knew him and that he passed away when he was 13. And I think he, he said his mom was a working mother and he lived with his grandparents. And so the... And he kind of, like, this is where you have to, like, astrology is sometimes subjective and sometimes it's objective, you know? And so he was kind of, like, acting like everything was fine and, like, his grandparents were great and no problem. But, like, in his astrology chart, it's showing a different story. Like, and I don't know if, you know, I don't know if he's just made peace with that or if he just doesn't want to dwell on it or he's just grateful. Um but definitely in his astrology chart he has his son in the 12th house, which again it's like the son represents the father. And when a lot of time not all the time but a lot of times when you have your son in the 12th house you have a disconnection or a loss with father um, or a separation or there there's that can happen quite a bit. And then having his moon in the eighth house, the moon being the mother, that's another really challenging spot. Whereas in the chart that wasn't his, both of his sun and moon were uh, in Libra in the sixth house, which is still can be a little bit of a challenging house, but that person, that didn't look like that person would have had a real challenge necessarily like being separated from their parents. Um, That person looked like they would be struggling with a lot more health issues because they had a whole bunch of stuff going on in the sixth house, which is related to health. So that's why I asked him about his health, but he didn't really have much to say on that other than, um, you know, just having high blood pressure. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much the Carl episode. He could not have made it easier. I screwed it up anyway. Moving on.
0: (laughs) All right. So after episode 1 where Owen Owen 1, mm-hmm. Scott is thrilled because this is not as easy as Sarah thought it might be. Um so we're going into John with the Pisces Moon. And this was one that I found very interesting because in the description out of all 5 of these episodes, I found it really interesting that Sarah your description of John was that he was going to be that one of the two charts before you even met him was going to be the D&D tech, the tech savvy D&D fan or something. And that was pretty, pretty close because John is very tech savvy, runs a website that monitors the prices of comic book collections and is a huge fan of all the nerdy fun stuff that you would find at comic book conventions, including D&D. And I thought that that was That was a moment in these five episodes where I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And that was one of your most specific, I think. And maybe we can try and get our descriptions specific in the future, too, because that was one where you took a swing and it was right.
1: And how do you make sense of that? How do you think I was right about that? Like, I feel like the needle moved a little with you there, but like, I feel like you also just are quick to like, eh she just came up with that whatever
0: well i'm i mean i do mention it was one out of five and so it's it's not you know that's why we're doing this like multiple episodes multiple charts sometimes you do get one right from out of nowhere you know but you
1: but like i totally didn't i've never met him didn't know he existed and i pulled that out of a Wheel with symbols and glyphs on it.
0: <laughs> well, the other one said like an outgoing, um, what was it? An extrovert who's charming. And I was like, well, he's that too. I probably wouldn't have,
2: <laughs> I probably wouldn't
0: have like um been as impressed with that one, you know, because tech savvy describes tech savvy D and D like describes his actual job. Um, so, hey. Just take the compliment. <laughs> if you if you get more specific consistently, and then they and they're right, then of course I'm going to say, "Wow, Sarah, that was pretty impressive." Um, like if you called me a tech savvy D D fan, I don't know. I like wouldn't because that's my, not
1: in your chart.
0: Well, my grandpa would say I'm tech savvy. <laughs> <laughs> anytime he has a printer issue, I was always first one he called.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess that describes anyone in our generation to to yeah. any, to some other generations. But anyway, yes. that was something fun with the John episode. Anything else you wanted to add there? No real corrections. Um, I mean, it's yeah. Sort of I, hard I think to correct that was one that you got right.
1: I think that was my favorite episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I think actually, my favorite moment was. Um, When he was talking about how he discovered um, how much he loved psychology and he was like, bl- like something about blending technology and psychology, I think. Mm-hmm. A- and his chart, you know, he was a Scorpio rising, which is related to psychology and with Uranus there, which is related to technology. So I just was so wowed by that i thought that was just that was like my favorite moment maybe in the show so far because that was just such a cool way that that energy manifested
0: yeah we love those moments yeah when <laughs> you that was one where i wouldn't have thought you would have been waffling between the two because once you label one of these two charts tech savvy dnd and then we see the video pop up and his back <laughs> wall is lined with comic books and collectible games and figurines from various franchises of Marvel movies. Like, did we even have to do the interview?
1: <laughs> I know. I got so excited as soon as, like, the video came up because I was like, hey, I got it. It's it's Charney. <laughs> like, I mean, that was such... But see, I think what happened was... I have to be careful because I was so confident in that moment. And it was so exciting that I, you know, immediately in my mind, I was like, oh, he's chart A. And now all I have to do is make sure it lines up. But that is a, that's a dangerous game to play in the Astro detectives because I think I kind of do that with a lot of these other ones. I latch onto one thing that I think, Is a big tell. And then I get confused because not everything's lining up, you know, and I'm like, what? And um I and I end up being wrong. So I I gotta that is one thing I have to work on is not allowing myself to get too attached to one chart. Um, but with him that was super easy because I the other chart was like a Leo rising Mars in the first house with a sun in Aries. And that is a lot of fire. And that to me is someone who's probably going to be, I'm trying to use my words carefully here. I'm not trying to like um, insult John at all, but like, th- like that is someone who would be maybe more f- pursuing a career in Um something or would just be so much more drawn to like athletics and, you know, cause fire is like, uh, really like being active and using your body and, um, just, you know, that Leo rising very much would probably want to put themselves out there and be and, uh, you know, maybe the movies or, um, being on stage or being seen and, it just it wasn't like that was one of the easiest ones cuz like the other chart just really wasn't matching up with him at all
0: um well i mean and i thought that was interesting though it could because during the interview you you mentioned that and he said well i am very athletic and i do you know a lot of cross training and weightlifting and uh he got yoga certified and so that's one where, like, if you're saying Carl's athletic and John's well, not so much, I would say, no, no, no. Between these two, I would say John is the one who is more prone to athletic activities and using right. his body.
1: Right, for- right. I'm not, I guess what I'm saying, I'm not saying that John is not athletic, okay? He definitely <laughs> has, like, things in his chart that show that he would be athletic. But what is it his dominant like, I think
0: it's a defining trait. I think if I was going to list. Some is it top, what
1: he's pursuing? No.
0: <laughs> he's much more serious about it than a lot of. I'm trying to think of how many people like. But. I know that would be more.
1: I. It wasn't the first thing that he mentioned. It wasn't anything, you know, uh it, it, he didn't talk about it very much. It, it, it didn't come up very much. Like all this other stuff that had to do with him being an entrepreneur and um the this um the comic business. I don't know. I just I thought um I, I just didn't I didn't see him as like this uh you know Aries Leo. I, I feel like I feel like no offense to Aries, Leo, <laughs> you could really spot them. I feel you're like <laughs> a, you're offending
0: all the signs.
1: No, you are going to get a lot of hate. I'm mail, just hopefully. saying like, that is a lot of fire energy. And need to get I some feel mail. like, yeah, I love it. I love all the signs. I am not picking on anybody. I'm just saying like, I feel like um, that would have really, that was like a good contrast for, him who is actually a Aquarius Scorpio rising, you know, d- totally opposites. Like I was very pleased with your choice in charts that episode.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad. Um, anything else on uh, John with the Pisces moon? No. All right. Well, now, if we couldn't make it more confusing to our listeners, our third guest was also named John from a different generation But John with the Pluto and Cancer, which led you to immediately know that this was a man of an older generation. Yes. Um, Yeah. And this happens
1: to be the one other episode I got right. So maybe we just need to book more Johns on the show.
0: (laughs) You're 2-0, and 100% with Johns.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, when you sent over the charts, I saw Pluto and Cancer. I immediately knew, oh, this is... This is maybe like, you know, a grandparent or you know, someone from his family. Like this is this isn't just one of someone from our friend group.
0: Yeah. And um, you immediately, well, I forgot what your intros were, your descriptions for John from the two charts were. Um, but that was another one where they both sounded like, yeah, I could I could see John. It wasn't as specific as the D text savvy person.
1: yeah and again like i really do need to work on my descriptions like um i i'm i'm going to get some help with some astrologer friends with that um because listening back i'm really not satisfied with the descriptions i ended up giving like i feel like i could have done a lot better but i mean i am learning <laughs> um but I usually when I come into these things, I do try to give you a short description, but I've got like a full page of notes and things that I'm looking for. And, and, and it's kind of hard sometimes to like sum that up, especially when you don't know exactly like how these archetypes are going to express, you know, um, someone with a cancer son, there's a lot of different ways that that can Express, or you know, uh, even someone with this, like seeing their full chart, there's you're not always exactly sure what context that's going to express. So, writing, trying to write, give them a personality can be a little challenging for me at my level to do that. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's def- that is definitely an important thing though that I need to work on because I realize. You and all the people listening are depending on that so that you can kind of play along and let and kind of like know, like play along and know where I'm going with it or know what I'm looking for. And if I give like a not so great description, it can like confuse everybody and throw the whole show off. I had so many people say, um, with one of our episodes, like, oh, I really thought it was gonna be, I think that was with Marie marie michelle they were like everybody was so invested in it being the one where all of the planets were showing up in her um house of career but like i just was kind of like misreading her actual chart so
0: no me and the audience decided it was the other chart (laughs)
1: okay yeah she doesn't i know like my first suspicion when i'm wrong is like no their birth time is wrong (laughs) um
0: well do you want to move on to marie michelle
1: yeah let's do that um yeah marie michelle uh so marie michelle is your girlfriend corinne's best friend and this was an interesting one. This was probably the hardest one you gave me and it really annoyed me. (laughs) Uh, No offense, but just because the charts were like two days apart and not just that. I know you didn't really know this, but they were, um, the planets were like almost occupying all the same houses and signs. So Um, it was, it was really challenging Mm -hmm. (laughs) this one. Um, I still should have gotten it, but.
0: Well, they, I mean, I, I was worried at first that putting it, I had to put it two days apart for reasons related to, you would have recognized the chart as belonging to Corinne because they have a very, very similar birthday. And so I couldn't give you one chart that looks identical to a chart you're very familiar with and then give you another chart and expect you to not be suspicious. Especially when you realize she's best friends with <laughs> Corinne. And that I mean, would have thrown off the testing aspect of it. So when I moved it two days apart, I put them on either either side of Corinne's birthday. And when I moved it, I was so pleased that the sun sign changed. And I was like, oh, well, at least there's a big three difference. Like that's (laughs) something that is important. And I have learned that these top three, no, not, okay. There's sun, moon, and then rising, which I still don't know which one is the rising sign. But there are a lot that are are the same, but luckily the sun sign changed between Leo and Cancer.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the
0: moon sign changed too. There's Leo and Virgo. So you I know, had but
1: it's still two all the same out of, of
0: two out of the three big threes, and what's the rising I know, sign?
1: But it's still like Cancer Leo Virgo sign? Libra, you know. So um
0: wait, which her, how, her, how do you tell where the where the rising sign is on a chart? We look
1: mm-hmm. to the first house. So I don't know what oh they they're the actually AC. number yeah where AC is yes.
0: Virgo and the other one AC is Libra what
1: yeah but what I'm saying Scott is if you look at these two charts all the activity is happening in the same houses okay but different
0: like, places for each chart yes so. they
1: are I, who are you my like Astrology teacher, (laughs) okay. I
0: I was so excited because I thought not one, not two, but all three of the big three are different from one of these charts to the other chart. How amazing that I could get one two days apart that has so much difference,
1: okay? But like I'm saying, so with chart A, not her chart, that is a Leo sun with a Virgo moon, okay her chart is a cancer sun with a Leo moon and a Virgo rising. So it's a lot of the same energy and it can be really challenging to pick all that apart. You know, I'm just saying like of all the ones that we've done so far, this was the hardest one because there were so many similarities and they were like a lot of things in the same sign that.
0: um, But they mean different things, right? Like having a Leo moon versus a Leo sun means a different thing.
1: It does. But like, when you're trying to investigate it and ask questions, it, it can be challenging to figure out, you know, where the energy is coming from. They also both had a moon in the 12th house, you know, it's like, just
0: yeah, but trust me. Leo Moon versus a Virgo Moon. You
1: don't even know what you're talking about. Just listen to me. <laughs> this was hard. <laughs> okay, I'm getting my Mars is getting agitated now.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, oh my god. Okay. So, this was a hard win. All right, even my astrologer friends agreed. <laughs> Um, and they said, shame on you, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you could have picked, you could would have been safe picking. You think it would have been suspicious to pick that chart that was like, just had one chart that was close to Corinne's birthday. I would have thought that was a decoy, you know, or I still would have been confused. Cause I didn't know that they were born like a day apart.
0: If you um, have, if you have friends, which it was likely to come up as a, with a French accent, yeah. I don't know it was it was likely that you would have been suspicious and I don't want to have anything that compromises our little experiment to where you're thinking yeah. oh well that one looks like it might be a decoy because he made one to look like this other chart that I know and then we're just you're not but making you a choice still based did on, anyway based on astrology well they both looked like her chart so you you could see whether where the differences are but they both had the appearance of this chart that you recognized
1: okay well so the libra what was funny to me is the libra rising chart which was not her chart okay she's a virgo rising but the libra rising was like again like almost exactly your girlfriend's chart corinne okay like i and i have her chart memorized so when i saw it i was really i was like what This is, I'm so confused. So even though it's slightly different than your girlfriend's chart, it's still, there's a lot of things that are similar like that first house. You didn't realize this, but Corinne is also a Libra rising with Saturn and Mars and Pluto in the first house. So I I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna interview Marie-Michelle and if she is giving me Corinne energy, I'm gonna know it's this Libra rising chart. And I think I started to make myself believe, wouldn't that be cool if they were both Libra Risings, you know, and like that would make sense that they were really drawn to each other. And so I was asked, actually asking her a lot of questions that I kind of thought I knew how Corinne would answer to see if, but she was like saying no. Like I was like, uh I think I asked her, like, are you very competitive? Are you suspicious of other people? Um, and she was like, No. And uh, I- I'm not saying like that is defining of Corinne or anything like that, but when you do have like Mars and Pluto in the first house, you can be very competitive and um, you know. That Pluto can be very intense, <laughs> intense energy. It's also very magnetic. It's, you know, when someone with all of that walks in a room, you notice them, you know, and Corinne's very outgoing, very strong willed, and she does get kind of, she is the kind of person that I think would be potentially suspicious of someone and want to, and I would too, but for different reasons, <laughs> and want to like investigate. Um, so, Again, now,
0: aren't everybody in our generation going to have a Pluto that's Libra?
1: Tr- yes, but, and so that's a very good question. Well, thank that's you. Very, I actually that's feel a great, pretty, That's
0: I could not I'm, have asked that question yes. before we started doing this podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad that you asked that because that's true. Pluto stays in a sign for like 10 to 20 years. So it's a very so Are general- we a
0: competitive generation?
1: No, in Libra, Libra is very much about partnership and the other person. And um,
0: I must have misheard you. You said something about because of her, Pluto is here. And I'm sorry, there's a helicopter passing by. I don't know if you can hear that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that makes her very competitive. So what I was trying to say is um, because Pluto is a generational planet and it's the furthest planet from Earth. Okay, so it has the least effect on um, someone in their birth chart. Um, And we don't really read it so much as Pluto in a sign or whatever when we're trying to figure out someone's personality. Unless it does become very important when you're looking at it in terms of the house it's in, especially if it's close to an angle like the ascendant or another personal planet. So Pluto, in her case, is extremely important because it's in the first house. So that means it's showing up in this person's personality. So that someone with Pluto in the first house, you're going to see the significations of Pluto in that person. And it's going to be very apparent (laughs) because Pluto energy is intense. It can be polarizing. It can be um magnetic it's it's not all bad i'm just saying like it's a lot of it's big energy you know and so but it's only relevant when it's very close to when it's in your first house or it's very close to your ascendant or it's very close to a personal planet such as sun moon venus mercury or mars and so you know that's why i was asking questions about that but for someone like you scott you have pluto in your second house and it's not necessarily that close to anything. So it's still relevant in terms of your chart, you know, especially if it's like making an aspect or to something, but it's not so much like a big part of your personality. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So this, this chart that ended up not being hers is very similar to Corinne. In a lot of ways. So I, I was asking a lot of questions thinking, um, you know, are these like uh is this like her sister from another mister, <laughs> you know, and this is why they're so drawn to each other. Um, which is funny because Corinne does have a, a twin sister, which would have almost basically Corinne's chart. Um But, uh, but no, she, she was the Virgo rising chart. And I didn't get that right away because again, I wasn't quite, I know a couple of Virgo risings and all Virgo risings, they are different from each other. You know, it's, it depends on what else you got going on in your chart. Like you're a Virgo rising Scott, but you're very different from Marie Michelle, you know, like the way in which you show up. Um, But that's because you have a lot of Aquarius energy. You have like most of your planets in Aquarius or over in those signs. Um, She's got a lot of her planets in Cancer and Leo. So um, I feel like I may be getting off track here, but like, I guess the main points I wanted to make about uh, why went wrong with this chart is I was just, you know, I think I just got it in my head that that she really would be, uh, well, I, I think much like Carl, I guess I, I said this, much like Carl, she just wasn't showing up the way I, I wasn't fully understanding how that energy would show up.
0: All right. And you understand it now.
1: Yeah, I was going to go into, like, I read all the reasons why it's her chart, but we can... We can skip that. I well, it was important to it. her
0: that we got the right birth time because her production company is named after her birth time. And the, so I think listeners did enjoy that. That um, the ending to that episode was kind of a cliffhanger of did she have the right birth time? Did she yeah. not? So we can answer that question now definitively. That I, we-
1: yeah, I, I think that she did. OK, like my misunderstanding was, you know, I. Her chart has her son in the 11th house, okay? The 11th house is a house that it's not just about friends, like I was thinking, but it's also about like working with groups and it can be very relevant to your career as well. Um, She also has her chart ruler. So a chart ruler, I need to explain what that is. That's a very important thing that I look at and consider when I'm reading these charts. But the chart ruler is the planet that is that rules your ascendant, which is your rising sign. So in her case, she's a Virgo rising. Mm-hmm. Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So her chart ruler is in Cancer right next to the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, In the wrong chart, the chart ruler was Venus, also in Cancer. Okay. So like either way, the chart ruler was going to be in cancer. One was going to be in the 10th house of career. The other hers is going to be in the 11th house of working with groups and uh, things like that. And so she said she was directing a lot of different movies, but not just movies. She was, she's like working on, I think documentaries and, um it sounded like they were documentaries that were relevant to social like encouraging like social change is that right didn't she say she was working on Yeah, it? in
0: some ways i think some of them are abstract and are artistic and some of them well one of them was going to be about uh astrologers being persecuted if i remember correctly for practicing astrology
1: right and so, which i think is amazing i i love that she's working on that i think that's an important story to tell um and the 11th house is very concerned with like social humanitarian causes and and also working with groups so if she's like in a director role that's someone who is working with a big group of people and here's the other thing that she said that should have been like the biggest uh tell for me is that she said she is someone who needs to create and have creative expression and it's just like essential to her soul and she would do it if she was alone on a desert island like it's so for her like creative expression isn't necessarily that tied to getting a lot of recognition from other people which if she had been the leo's son that is more a little bit more of a Leo sun expression is Leo is more of a performer or like expressing their creativity, but also needing that recognition from other people, like needing an audience, you know? And so that's not really what she was describing. She was more saying like, no, I just need to exp- like, I don't, she said, I don't give an F about other people. Like she was needing to like, um, um, you know, express her creativity for her own satisfaction even if it was going to be like on a desert island and no one was going to see it, you know. So um I thought that was, you know, listening back I just thought, oh that's so brilliant. You like how this all works. So um you know, but she she has a Leo moon, <laughs> you know, so I was like she's going to have a little Leo energies. It, <laughs> um so again, it was just it was, it was slippery, you know, trying to pick apart what was Leo in her, what was cancer, what was Virgo. Um
0: it's always a little slippery, this astrology oh business.
1: Oh my god. Do y'all hear what I have to put up with? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I don't know if this is a, the right time to mention about the argument we got into the other night. <laughs> do we want to mention that at the end?
0: Oh, we can have that as a cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: start, we'll start an argument on this episode and we'll say check in next week and see how <laughs> if there's another episode, I wouldn't see argument always sounds like a strong word. I do feel like. Yeah. We were a, a little. De-
1: a passionate debate. <laughs>
0: Was it more candid, more candid with our beliefs than usual? I think I had had a beer, yeah, I, I could letting. see
1: I could see the 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 glazing in your eyes, and you looked like a little fiery and <laughs> uh, you know, of course I. I have to think about our astrology <laughs> in moments like these. I,
0: but. I think the main, well, you, what was, what was the main point before we move on to our fifth? Final yeah. Recap so chart.
1: I was talking, I'm, I'm not going to tell about what, but you know, I was, I was on the phone with you and Corinne, your girlfriend, and she was talking about, we were talking about astrology and she wanted to hear about her astrology. And I was trying to tell her, and you were kind of butting in with saying, uh, You can just Mars is always somewhere. <laughs> 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 and, you know, you were pushing some buttons. And I think I was, you know, just getting uh, agitated and, uh, but I was also having a really hard time explaining or defending myself, but I was feeling very defensive because I'm very passionate about astrology. And I guess, like, I think I've explained this to you before, but like, I think I have a, I think I get triggered when I think um, people don't think that I'm smart or intelligent um. And I know that you don't. I I know that you know or think that I'm intelligent. At least I think so <laughs> but, but I know like,
0: I actually know that you are not only okay. do I think it.
1: Yeah, I I, appreciate I have that. evidence
0: to support that you are in fact intelligent. As if there's like this on-off switch between like an intelligent and then an, well, I mean, there's all these gray areas, but yeah.
1: I so I guess like when I feel like. I'm like, I have studied this for so long. I know it's real, but when I feel like you're saying, "Well, I don't think so," I think it's just it's just confirmation bias. I feel like does he think I'm stupid that I would waste my life on the you know, and I that's just my those are the feelings that I'm feeling, you know, like subconsciously or like in the back of my mind when we get into these arguments and it causes me to get very defensive. Like, I feel like I need to defend my intelligence. And so I think in that moment I was getting and and I think sometimes I can come off a little arrogant or condescending about my beliefs because of my Mercury and Leo conjunct Jupiter. <laughs> uh opposing your Mercury in Aquarius uh conjunct Mars. So, you know, and you you love debate, like that is
0: I do, but it does <clears throat> I've noticed more like as I've gotten older and a little bit more time spent trying to be mindful of, you know, in the moment, what are you feeling? What are you experiencing right now? And I've noticed that when I'm in a situation with a debate, I do have a tenseness that I don't necessarily like. Mm. Um, I think I'm focused on trying to communicate what I think to the other person. And I don't know how much of it comes across, but I don't enjoy like this disagreement of you know, well, you think this is a hundred percent true, and I think it's a hundred percent false, and we're not able to talk it out. That's frustrating to me. Yeah. And so, um, I don't. It never really comes to an argument with anybody. I don't. I don't get into like loud arguments, but it does never. come. It, <laughs> but it. You've does, never
1: raised your voice ever that I remember. <laughs> And I've known you 20
0: years. (laughs) I get snippy sometimes, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Snippy for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I work in a a little behind the scenes. I work in a sales environment. And sometimes when I get no from enough customers in a row, (laughs) I've noticed that my responses get a little snippy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I wish I... I wish I could see that happen. <laughs> Do you have any examples?
0: Well, this morning I was uh, <laughs> I engaged a gentleman who was coming by, and uh, I'm I'm in the business of telling people why they should consider solar panels and setting them up with a consultation. Uh, you may have seen a lot of people like me in your local Home Depots and Costcos. <laughs> 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 well, let me tell you what it's like from our perspective. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I I love I love part of the job in that I get to see so many different people and I'm basically asking them the, the same thing and there's so many different reactions to me asking them the same thing. But after a month or so, you see a lot of the same reactions. And so I have heard enough people say something along the lines of, "Well, I don't like them because they're made in China and, or China's going to benefit somehow, or I don't, you know, I only buy American made, I'm a Patriot. And I don't, oh, want, wow. I don't want your Chinese solar technology. <laughs> and of course we could have a long discussion about how China is really leading the green technology because we've <laughs> underfunded our sector and yeah, they're beating us right now. Um, we, ha- we have, all we be solar panels from South Korea guys. Look, we can make peace. But my immediate reaction was, really, you're not buying anything from China as I motioned towards his cart (laughs) (laughs) that is full of just like random stuff that he's purchased around the store, 90% (laughs) of which is from Costco or from China. Oh my God. And and he was started to make an explanation as they always keep walking kind of slowly. And and at a certain point, I'm like, I'm not going to follow you all the way out the door. But as he's saying, well, but this is stuff that I need and other stuff wouldn't be things that I need. And I was like, that was the justification, but I was focused oh on gosh. the next lucky customer.
1: That's uh, so funny. That is funny. Um, yeah, I like that. All that
0: you to know,
1: say, that, well, you go, go ahead. Yeah. I, well, I was just thinking about how you were saying like that frustration of like being in an Debate with someone, and you're both kind of like at a, a stalemate. Especially with us, sometimes, you know. And I, I'm just gonna insert a little astrology here because this is an astrology show, and I have to. <laughs> but you know, you and I are Mercuries are in opposite signs, and they're both in fixed signs. Fixed signs means it's a sign that happens in the middle of the season. And, um, so what that means is like fixed signs can be very stubborn and not wanting to change. They can be very set in their mindset and, um, you know, especially as Mercury ruling the mind, um, it can be, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't really enjoy debate that much. Um, I don't feel like I'm very good at debate because I feel like. I, um, I, I'm a better, I feel like I'm a better judge than a lawyer. (laughs) I don't feel like I'm as articulate and I think you're extremely articulate and I think you are able to, um, know how to, uh, put an argument to together like in the moment, which I'm not really good at. I have to go like, think well, about it for a day.
0: Sarah, <laughs> I can tell you we have many, many thousands, in fact, listeners right now shaking their head at what you just said, because this entire episode, you've been very articulate, covering very precise degrees <laughs> and making points that this is right because of this and this and this. And if you were in a courtroom of astrology, the jury would be voting in your favor.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I, I mean... As a Virgo, I'm going to be very hard on myself. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. Um, but I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, well, I guess we should wrap this up with our, just touching on our our last episode, which came out last week. Um,
0: the first guest that I had never met.
1: Yes. This was a,
0: a friend that was recommended to us from... Uh, mutual friend brooke
1: yes my bff uh brooke who um is also a virgo with a scorpio moon like me so we really get each other and i love that she has um recommended a friend and i i think she's recommended a few more so thank you brooke thank you for helping our show out um but yes, she revert, referred Jenny, which I adored. Jenny was an excellent guest. And um Jenny, uh it was so funny because uh Brooke um okay, so you after the fact, I found out that Brooke thought Jenny was a Scorpio because Jenny has a lot of Scorpio interests and um passions and hobbies uh, um, and scorpio is like you know it scorpio falls like halloween season so it's like things that are very strange and unusual and the paranormal and the occult and the secrets and all that kind of stuff and um, so she thought she was a Scorpio and uh, apparently I thought she was a Scorpio too, cause I picked the wrong chart, but I think it's so funny. You don't necessarily know what you're doing when you're casting these charts, you casted a Scorpio chart.
0: <laughs> Even if I knew, I wouldn't have known what chart they thought she was to then trick you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's, it was perfect. But again, I don't know. I, I just, I think I've seen so many charts because I, I do feel like I know a lot of people and I've conned a lot of people into giving me their birth time. And so I have like a whole Rolodex of charts to go through, but the um dummy chart that you gave was actually like t- a day or two off, but same rising sign as our, uh, one of our mutual friends Uh, from austin who is very cool and in an improv troupe and an architect like it was um almost exactly her chart so again here i was kind of like with marie michelle i was like oh my god i have a chart i recognize all i have to do is figure out does this girl is this girl gonna act exactly like my friend or is she gonna act The opposite or different (laughs) and i still screwed it up (laughs) which i will explain why but i well if you had
0: gotten it right it would have been we would be saying we would be recapping it and saying yeah she's really close to my friend um who has a very very similar chart and uh, i noticed their personality was was very similar and that's why i got it right and that's why astrology (laughs) is correct
1: (laughs)
2: Moving on to the next chart.
1: (laughs) Well, I couldn't have been more wrong, Scott, because so (laughs) let me just tell you our friend. uh, She, the architect, she is, she's very cool. And that is a Aquarius rising for you. They are very cool. They're very friendly, but they're going to be like a little, they might be kind of detached a little bit. Like they're not going to be like. Um. Necessarily, they're just gonna be like you know, like cool and aloof. You is what you might read when they walk in a room, but you're gonna think, "Wow, they're cool. I want to get to know them." Um, very social, and Aquarius risings tend to really want to express themselves. They they tend to have a very different um, like appearance, like clothing or. And it's because they can be very counterculture. They don't want to necessarily blend in or look um like everybody else. So they're, but their motivation is to be a little more like dress in a way that they think looks cool or like kind of uh, what is the word I'm looking for, but, like, well, for me as an Aquarius rising, <laughs> I like to, I definitely like to dress kind of a little more rocker or I've dyed my hair before. I definitely like to have my own unique brand and I don't like to feel like I'm, uh, blending in or looking like anybody else. So the moment that she popped up on the screen, I could tell that she had a very like, a, you know, a, appearance that I read as Aquarius rising. I thought she looked cool. I thought she had a cool haircut. It looked like she kind of dyed her hair. It looked like she had cool clothes on. So I was thinking, oh, the, you know, just like with John, who I like apparently pegged right away, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe this is the cool Aquarius person that I was expecting. And that was like my biggest mistake. And I think that's when I locked into that you know, and, uh, she, some of the words that she mentioned, right. She, she used the word cool a lot, like to describe different things in her life and, uh, what she gravitates towards. So, um, I thought, oh, wow, she's using some of the, like the Aquarius buzzwords. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, she, uh, she said that she worked for a tech, company indeed and did data analysts she was a data analyst and she analyzes people's behavior which is very like that aquarius rising chart. chart had their sun and a bunch of planets in scorpio so right away i was like oh this must be like a scorpio person because they would be wanting to analyze you know they'd be good at like psychology and reading people and the fact that she's an a you know, the Aquarius rising would match with someone who might be very tech savvy. Um, she said at one point she was an entrepreneur. Um, can, she can, ha-
0: can you briefly mention why that's different than the Aquarius in John's chart, making him tech savvy?
1: Yes. So um,
0: he had a son. I just I'm pulling up these charts while you're yes, talking. Yes. And because all of these charts are readily available at astrodetectivespod.com. <laughs> And they're really fun to look at as we follow along. And uh, John has a Sun Aquarius, a Mercury Aquarius, but his rising, says Scorpio.
1: It does, but he has Uranus, which rules technology. And it's one of, it's the modern ruler of Aquarius. So having that in the first house, that is like tech, 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 you know? So um, now she didn't have Uranus. Well, the Scorpio, the, I'm sorry, back to Jenny, the Aquarius rising chart, which is not hers, it did not have Uranus in the first house, but, you know, uh, people who are Aquarius risings do love tech and can be pretty tech savvy. You know, it just gives a lot of that energy. And I thought I was reading like cool vibes from her. Um, you know, and she also said that like she wasn't. Uh, the, she kept saying, like, this is, like, out of my comfort zone. I wouldn't really do this. And, um, you know, somebody who is, so just, going again, going with the Aquarius rising chart, which is not hers, that had the Scorpio stellium, you know, and a moon, a Capricorn moon in the 12th house. That's someone who isn't going to be, like, they're not going to show you their vulnerable side. Um, they're going to be like, but they're going to be more stoic about it. They're not going to have like emotion on their face. You know, they're just not going to be like super. They're someone who can like compartmentalize their emotions. They're going to be just like, hey, you know, they, they might just act like everything's cool. Um, and so I was trying to figure out is that, you know, what she's, because she didn't want to be emotionally vulnerable. However, <laughs> That being said, she did have a lot of emotion that she, that she was like trying to guard us from, which is her cancer rising chart, not just cancer rising, but she had sun and personal planets in cancer and a Pisces moon, which is another water sign. So the water signs are related to emotion and, and, and being an empath and, and, people who have a lot of water in their chart they're going to be very into, like feel their feelings it's going to be a huge part of them and so i i was just confused because she was very guarded with her emotions but if you watch back the interview or listen to it like there's a couple of times where she almost cried and that is not a trait that you would see in that aquarius rising chart with the cap moon in the 12th house that person would not have been uh, anywhere near brought to tears. I don't think, <laughs> you know, they, they would not sure have. I'm
0: sure that person, this imaginary person with, from the other chart has, has cried.
1: I'm not saying that they wouldn't cry, of but course, just not as like, easily. you know, cause I'm just saying they wouldn't have gotten choked up. They would not likely have gotten choked up just talking about their life with Us on the podcast. They would have been a lot more stoic. It would be a lot more for that person to it would take a lot more for that person to really get to that point where they were, you know, gonna break down emotionally or cry or be really, you know. I'm I'm not at all saying that they can't cry or that they don't have feelings. I'm just saying like it's they're not gonna be like on the verge of crying. Like I felt I felt, I I don't know for sure, but it felt like she was getting a little choked up a couple times and that would not be that, you know, the Aquarius chart. So, um, yeah, but, but she was more just saying like, I don't like being vulnerable. I don't like, you know, um, having my emotions out there. Um, it, it, but that makes sense because cancer is it, it may be very emotional, but it's gonna be very guarded. It cancer is about, you know, cancers are very protective. And um they're not kind of like Scorpio, they're they're not wanting you to uh see that vulnerability. They're gonna be very protective of it. Um, so some other things that in you know, why the cancer rising chart works is that she said, um, you know, she likes to stay at home a lot and stay in bed. I mean, that is a very cancer thing is like cancer is related to the home. So people who have a lot of cancer energy really do like being at home more than they like socializing or being out with people. Um, they get their battery drained a lot, which she said she did say that. the thing about her appearance that I, you know, I was thinking, is this an Aquarius rising person? Cause she likes to dye her hair, but me personally, as an Aquarius rising, I dyed my hair, but I kept it the same color for years, you know, like, I, cause it's a fixed sign. So you're not necessarily going to want to be changing. I like to reinvent myself maybe every four or five years, but not like every other day. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that she likes to change her hair color, like, you know, every couple of days and that she really likes to wear vintage clothing. And so those are huge. I I think I missed the vintage thing. Because when when I listened back, I was like, oh, because cancer, one of the um, key words for cancer is nostalgia. And, um, and it's,
0: I, I just, during the skeptic portion of that episode, I sure. was really playing up the vintage clothing because of nostalgia. Cause you had marked in the notes that this other chart was nostalgic.
1: Well, good, and good for you, Scott, I, because like,
0: I, I, you know what I picked <laughs> up on that.
1: Um, you did. I, I totally like misunderstood that and. And the fact that she dyed her hair every few days, cancer is ruled by the moon and the moon changes signs every couple of days. And so that informed so much of her personality because throughout the interview, she kept saying like, she had trouble like sticking with something like sticking with her hair color or, you know, she even said like, uh, like, I think she said that like she didn't really like relationships relationships weren't really for her and that she kind of believed in having many loves so I mean you know with that Pisces moon ruling her whole chart like that is someone who is going to be wanting that and welcoming lots of change and wanting to be like not fixed you know and uh so but I was just kind of thrown by like You know, she said she got a lot of tattoos and dyed her hair. And so I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's so Aquarius. That's so cool and counterculture. But Aquarius is more doing it, yeah, to be, like, unique and different. Whereas Cancer is more just wanting to, like, express themselves creatively and keep changing that. Like, you know, keep changing their image. So,
0: okay. If um, I were to speak for myself as an Aquarius sun. Okay. Which one of those two descriptions fits me?
1: But you're a Virgo rising.
0: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a lot more practical. And uh, so I have
0: practical tattoos and hair colors and
1: piercings. No, I'm saying, like, (laughs) I'm saying the way your appearance and the way you pick out your clothing and dress is a lot more practical. Would you say so?
0: Wherever that came from.
1: What does that mean?
0: I'm just saying. You could describe me and say, like, well, that's because of this.
1: this I, it is because of this. <laughs> <laughs> but would you, I'm just asking, uh, do a you prac- agree, There's a practi-
0: sir? <laughs> There's a practical element to it. I definitely, in high school, was wearing more clothes that stood out, I think, much more than the average student, just as a point of breaking the rules or just saying, like... <laughs> Why it's stupid that we don't wear pink plaid shirts with yellow suspenders that don't fit us. You know, that is the same person I am today. I know you'll say that that, well, that was your childhood chart It's different from your today. No,
1: that's not not what I would say. Okay. I would Um, say that, you know, you're a Virgo rising, but your Mercury, which Virgo is ruled by Mercury is in Aquarius. So yeah, like, Also expressing that counterculture sometimes or either, but now you definitely dress a lot more, I think, in a way that is like you're thinking like what's practical or what's like a little more earth tone kind of thing.
0: Oh, I never wear earth tones, actually, because they're terrible for my skin tone. I just melt. I just disappear. It makes me okay. I'm told I'm not supposed to wear browns or tans.
1: Maybe not. Earth. I'm I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying not to say basic. I should say like you don't dress very loud and... here's that
0: argument that we were, we were <laughs> promising the audience.
1: Oh God. I know. Um so anyway, back to Jenny. Um I, I just yeah, I definitely in hindsight is 2020 <laughs> she should have seen that cancer rising written all over her um you know she also had like several planets in her first house too like she had um and not just any planets like her personal planets which just made her even more cancer um she's got mercury there she's got mars there and her son um and so she, that Mercury is also going to be kind of like um, a couple of things. It's going to be uh, very good with information and it is also kind of a tech savvy thing related to Gemini, but it also rules Virgo. So it's, she's going to be very organized and um, what she says she was and um, good at like research and She said she was into like reading, you know, these are all very Mercury things um, and uh, just having good attention to detail. So, uh, and then what else did she have there? Um, She, okay. So the Scorpio thing, the, (laughs) this was so interesting because even Brooke thought she was a Scorpio when she first met her. Um, But yeah with jenny um she's got scorpio on her fifth house and the fifth house rules hobbies children and romance and the things that she said that support this are that okay so concerning hobbies she's into a lot of like um you know she said she was into reading but like sci-fi paranormal romance so that's very much you know Uh, speaks to that fifth house of romance, but also her Pisces moon, which is super romantic. Um, She said, she, so the fifth house also relates to children. She described them as weirdos that growl at their teachers and have a hissing cockroach. I mean, that is so Scorpio. (laughs) So that very much describes her fifth house, which in the other chart, um, that fifth house was, uh, Gemini, you know? And so that's not really how Gemini would show up, but the chart rule the or I'm sorry, the house ruler of Gemini is Mercury. And in that other chart, it's in Scorpio. So I was like, Yet again, I was like, okay, I'm seeing how some Scorpio could show up in both of these charts in relation to hobbies, children, and romance. So I was kind of stuck there with that one. Uh, but I think it definitely fits way better uh, with her chart, obviously.
0: <laughs> well, with a little hindsight, it definitely <laughs> fits a lot better.
1: <laughs> and I think. Uh, you know, she also mentioned like the marriage that she had been in. Um, so she's described him as stern, which in her chart, that house of marriage, seventh house is Capricorn. And that is definitely like a Capricorn word is stern, um, or could be one of their keyword is one of their keywords. Um, she also described him as mysterious and that she met him through friends and in her chart uh saturn which rules capricorn it rules that seventh house where uh this describing the marriage partner so we look to see where saturn is it's in her fourth house of family uh right there with pluto so pluto is adding a lot of mystery to this person and then she met him through like her roommates, I guess. And he also knew her brother. So that's kind of like meeting through a uh, f- home and family. So uh that was another like perfectly fitting clue that I totally missed., uh, uh, yeah. And then, uh, the last thing that was really interesting to note was, uh, I asked her this question. I said, where would you prefer to vacation, the mountains or the beach? And my thought behind that question was one of the charts had a pipe. So the moon is your comfort zone. And I was thinking, you know, you could, maybe that would speak to where they would want to um, vacation and Pisces would be very drawn to the ocean and, Capricorn moon would be very drawn to the mountains. <laughs> and I think that is true for a lot of people with those placements, but sh- her answer was when I said the ocean or the mountains, she said the mountains. <clears throat> and she said, there's, there is a reason, but I don't know if I should tell you. Um, She says she used to spend a lot of time at the beach, a lot of memories being around the beach and In that moment, I was like, oh, no, I think she just revealed that she was born in the summer. (laughs) And I really tried to, like, turn away from that and, like, not consider that as evidence, (laughs) even though I thought in that moment, oh, I think I'm going down the wrong path uh, because I think she just revealed that she was born in the summer And that would fit because her first house is cancer, which is, you know, ocean themes. And so she grew up going to the ocean and around water. And that explained why she had had enough of that and wanted to visit the mountains.
0: You thought you had a little hint. You thought you had an extra tip from our guest accidentally and you ran with it.
1: No, I did the opposite. I ignored the tip. Oh, really? Yeah. Against my best interests. I should have like listened to the tip, but at that point, I was so sold on the Aquarius rising chart. You thought her
0: you thought that her birthday was in you thought she revealed that her birthday was in the summer and you still chose a different chart.
1: Yeah, because I didn't want that to be the reason why I picked a chart.
0: Okay, well, I do want to applaud you for that, for resisting yeah. the urge to because there was a previous one on Carl's where I think you thought that it looked familiar or something looked familiar.
1: I did. Yeah. yeah. And that
0: threw you off. And so this yeah. time, congrats. On I mean, integrity.
1: Evidence. Yeah. This experiment is important to me. The integrity of it is important to me. And I don't want to pick a chart just because of a hot tip. I really want to make sure what she's saying matches up to the chart. And so I kind of subconsciously push that aside and, and I convinced myself, maybe that didn't mean what I thought it meant, you know, like, uh, you know, so, um, yeah, I really like got hit in the face with this one too. (laughs) And it's, it's, yeah, looking back, it's, it's, again like super painfully obvious like i have nightmares just thinking about my mentors and heroes listening to this thinking ah oh god you know what is she doing yeah <laughs> but um anyway well and i i don't know if anybody got this far like i hope that they did but like i feel like for me it was really important to clear the air to make my wrongs right and to say like listen I learned from this these people's charts are right and like here's why and I can really see it now and I apologize you know for (laughs) um not getting it and I just it's really important to me to not like put Um, bad information out there. I I know I'm not necessarily, I know people aren't necessarily coming to our show to learn astrology, but I still feel like responsible (laughs) uh, for this, for educating people that are listening to our show and don't know much about astrology. And I, I hate when I listen back and I hear myself say something that is kind of inaccurate or not really the best way to describe it. And Um, so I, I guess really appreciated this opportunity to, uh, set the record straight.
0: And the record is straight. Now it's on the record, a retraced episode, every five episodes will be our, our new format.
1: And I, so I, um, I'm very lucky. I have a wonderful friend and classmate amber fox who uh is my astro bff and she had she was she sat down with me with these charts and helped me pick it apart and understand where i went wrong and so i think um she has agreed to like help me moving forward look at some of these charts when i'm trying to like do my delineations and prepare for the show and i think um she is has a lot of expertise and I think will really help me. And I I had another friend reach out to me as well. who's, I I have these astrologers that are on board for team astrology (laughs) to uh, prove this, prove that this is real to team skeptic.
2: Oh, wait, I can't hear you.
0: Well, there is a Leo that uh, just poked her head in to say it is way beyond the time that I said we were allowed for us to do our podcast, and we were going to walk around the neighborhood.
2: Okay, she's well, a
0: Leo, right?
1: She, uh, no, she Uh-oh. is a Cancer Sun with a Leo Moon, and she's got that Mars Saturn Pluto in her first house. So you better not, um you know, run her around. You better go for that walk. Or did you say you were going for a walk or what? Yes. Okay. Yes. We're a little late for a walk. I know. Well what are we at? Are we at? do, do we it was this two hours? It feels like
0: close to two hours. And I was thinking from the the skeptical crowd might have tuned out there towards the end. I was um I wasn't following the last <laughs> the last retraced reasons why it didn't work because of course i have my own reasons why it didn't work on certain episodes and we those are easy to cover i guess yeah but um yeah but in detail we like to cover from the astrology perspective um why things worked and didn't work i may have have more notes in the future for future episodes but
1: and i and i i do think i ran on very long and i apologize for that but i just i
0: no apologies had
1: I had so much, I wanted to get off my chest.
0: (laughs) So good. And we all feel better.
1: Yes. And we're going to have, we're going to bring that 40% up to 80 and beyond.
0: (laughs) Even if it takes a (laughs) hundred (laughs) episodes.
1: It's not going to take a hundred episodes. I'll get a different astrologer to sit in if that's how long it takes.
0: Well, we're going to have some guest astrologers. If you're an astrologer, you're enjoying this podcast, get in touch with us, and we'll both professionally vet you and see if we want to use you as a as a phone a friend or a lifeline for Sarah on one of these shows. But oh, we probably can't say those because those are probably copywritten. Use you as a helpful person to help Sarah. Hey, you can right say track.
1: lifeline. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Lifeline. Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll take all the lifelines i can get
0: all right um well we appreciate everybody listening this uh, episode's a little bit different we're not even going to have our big signed off sign off but yeah. next week we're going to have another chart with another guest as the experiment continues and the the, the detectives march onward yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well thank you everybody
0: so long